Welcome to the Thriving on Purpose podcast, where we teach Christian entrepreneurs how to build a strong foundation of faith, growth, and skill to lead and thrive on purpose in life and business. And now, here are your hosts, certified coaches, Elizabeth and Sebastian Richard. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to episode 11 of the Thriving on Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Sebastian Richard, and I'm here with my beautiful wife, Elizabeth Richard. (laughs) And today's episode is, it's for parents. I'm happy because it's for parents. It's for entrepreneurial parents. So those entrepreneurs who also have kids, what a great mix. (laughs) Huh? Starting a business and having kids. The title is entrepreneur with children survival guide so we're gonna give you our greatest points and takeaways to help you survive the entrepreneurial journey if you have children because just surviving with children is hard enough but if you have children and you're trying to start a business or you are in business and they're young especially if they're young you're in for one heck of, a, of an arduous journey. That's all I can say. I mean, th- obviously, we're living it. We're in it, Liz and me. We've been in it for three years, years now. now. Yeah. And uh, we've had some ups and downs because of it. And the downs have been very... Challenging. Lesson-worthy. I would say it brought us many, many lessons and we've learned a great deal through those difficult moments and and times when we were just scratching our heads and thinking, what are we doing having kids and starting a business? I mean, there were times we thought we were off our rockers completely for just actually doing it, trying something like that. Starting a business is hard enough. But when you do it with young children, it is something that, and I'm going to be honest here, that most entrepreneurs that I'm hearing on social media who do podcasts or trainings, oftentimes they teach from the perspective of assuming that their audience doesn't have, don't, don't have kids. And we've noticed that. You know, the, sometimes they, and oftentimes it's those who are really crushing it, those who are really multi-billionaire entrepreneurs, Oftentimes they don't have children, mm-hmm. and they probably wouldn't be as successful if they did. And I'm not, and I'm not, not dissing them. I'm, I'm, they're doing great. It's awesome, and we get a lot of takeaways from, from, from guys and gals out there who are authorities in the niche of entrepreneurism, right? But oftentimes, listen, I would thought, hmm, I wonder how that person would teach if they had two children at home. And we have noticed the difference. We have listened to some entrepreneurs who do have kids, and their approach is so different. I wouldn't say, how can I put this? The way they teach is less black and white. Right. They less are, rigid. They are, they're less rigid. They are, they're more um, relatable in a way because their approach is more like, here's what you should do. But if you can't, here's how you should do it. <laughs> so, but, but the other ones who don't have kids are like, here's what you should do. And if you don't do it, you're going to fail. 
And then you listen to it. And it's you like, don't really, go to sleep until it's done. You don't go, yeah, it's really, really rigid and crazy. And sometimes it can be like you, when you have young children at home and you listen to these guys or gals, you're like, you're going to smirk and go like, yeah, I'd like to see you with three kids. You know? <laughs> but, I'd like to see you do feedings in the middle of the night or yeah, I, I bet, give cough syrup in the middle of the night and then crush it at 5 a.m. <laughs> doing your workout. The miracle mornings. Yeah. You got up, you got up three times with the kids because they were sick. And now let's do the miracle mornings at five. It doesn't really work like that. So you, you, you learn to... Um, but on the upscale... If you can master this and follow the survival guide and master this and get good at this, then when your kids do grow up, you have learned how to survive how to survive the most challenging part of your life. Oh yeah. So when they're actually autonomous and, you know, teenagers and going out and, you know, living their lives and doing what they do and you have more time to yourself, you will like be unstoppable oh yes you will you will be unstoppable because you have learned how to really go through those challenges that all of a sudden you don't have yeah so you have this like you've learned you know the greatest tasks and how to master them so now with this free time it's like wow like a, a rocket well you can compare it a little bit to a bodybuilder if he trains with let's say 80 pound weights okay and then he trains for 80, 80 pound weights for i don't know a long period of time, and then he drops to 50 pounds. You're going to find it so light. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, wow, this is so easy. Well, it's the same thing. I mean, if you're, if you're doing the entrepreneur thing with children, and you do it for many years, and you're successful at it, well, when they're grown and they're more autonomous, like Liz said, it's going to be a breeze. Well, not a breeze. I shouldn't say breeze, because it's never easy to own a business and to run a business. It's a lot of work. But you're going to find it less challenging. Let's just put it that way, right? Exactly. But today we're going to give you uh, our, our takeaways of what we've learned and what you should implement in your daily routine to be successful as an entrepreneur with children. So it's a survival guide. And these points, if you implement them and put them in your life, you're going to make it. We're convinced that you are going to succeed. So number one, start your day with God. That is the first and foremost thing as a Christian entrepreneur with children or without that you have to do. Uh, a couple of verses I want to share with you guys. Lamentations chapter 3 verses 22 and 23 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The morning is the best time, in my opinion, to walk with God, to, to present your day to God, to offer it as a offer yourself as a living sacrifice for that very day. Those who fail to do it, I mean, if you're a Christian, even if even even as a non-entrepreneur Christian, if you don't do it, you feel the difference. Even more so as an entrepreneur. Psalm 143, verse 8 says, Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. As entrepreneurs and as parents, we are put in a leadership role. As entrepreneurs in our business, but as parents, even more so. 
as parents, your leadership role is the most important. And this leadership role that you exercise towards your kids is so much more important than the leadership role you exercise in your business. And I don't care how big your business is, how many thousands of employees you might have under you. If you're a parent and an entrepreneur, the role you exercise as a parent is so much more important than the one you exercise as an entrepreneur. Because your kids are more valuable than your business. Amen? I mean, seriously, come on. So, every day, we lead our families before we lead our businesses. I mean, every day, as an entrepreneur, you need to get up with the kids, feed them, send them to school, or whatever routine you have in the morning. You're already leading your family. So, if you have spent time with God before you begin this, you're actually investing in that very important relationship before you step in it in the morning. Okay, so your relationship with God, everything you're going to cultivate during that precious quiet time with the Lord when you get up is going to trickle down in your relationship with your kids in the morning, then how you run your business later on, the decisions you make, the people you, you, you influence or the people you're leading. So obviously it's a juggling act. You're a parent, you're an entrepreneur, it's not easy. So you need to be plugged into the source, which is God. And you need to do so every morning before you start your day. The Apostle Paul admonishes spiritual workouts over physical ones in 1 Timothy 4.8. We read, For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. And Liz, you had something you wanted yeah. to share with us about that. Yeah, absolutely. And I just wanted to add, um, you know, it's it's not always easy, you know, with the routine, with the kids going off to school and uh, everybody's kind of rushing. And yeah. and a lot of that is because, um, you know, people just don't have a, a good routine in the morning as well. So when you make your kids go to through a, a routine in the morning, they know what to expect. Then you have a little more time to eat together uh, as a family, and yeah. I think that, like we we really love the i the the biblical devotion in the morning. And um, if you have time to do it, that's great. Uh, there's a, a lot of kids devotionals out there. Uh, you can get on ChristianBook.com that are really short and sweet. It's like a page long, and you just kind of you know read that and kind of get a little small discussion going while you're eating your toast. And if you don't have time to do that then you can share with them something that God put on your heart when you did your devotional um, probably before they woke up. So that could be a way to kind of squeeze it in. So it shows them the importance because, you know, as we know, we can say something, but kids watch what we do. So if we spend time with God and we share uh, openly what God's doing, what God's teaching us, uh, how we feel about certain things and what we just read and uh, just sharing with them that they're seeing, oh, daddy spent time with God. Mommy spent time with God. Daddy talked to God. Oh, cool. Daddy talks Dad- about God. Daddy learned this from God. And they can apply it to their lives. And I always try to make it applicable to them, you know, and, and kind of give them an example in their kind of childish life, like what happens in school or with their friends so that mm. they understand the lesson, right? 
So I think this is so crucial because I know a lot of entrepreneurs, they really uh, will prioritize the exercise before. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you think about it, if you were working for a big corporation, uh, you would meet with your boss or CEO to go over the day's objectives, tasks and assignments for that day, right? Mm -hmm. um, you meet with the CEO because you know he's going to give you that direction and he's going to tell you exactly what he expects during during that day. Well, yeah, the briefing, we call it, right? Yeah, so I think it's so important that as an entrepreneur, you see God that way as your CEO and you understand the importance of meeting with him in the morning. Now, I know a lot of Christians will say, well, you know, I'd rather... Uh, they'll say a prayer or something and then they'll spend more Bible time with God before bed and that's not wrong um, it's it's a good time and I used to do it that way too for a long time uh, but I really think that as an entrepreneur spending that time and asking God for direction in the morning for your business is really really crucial mm. because it really sets the tone for your day he's going to help you out in your day um, you know, he's, it, it's going to help your mindset. It's going to help. There's so many different reasons why it's going to, you're going to have a, a different result, a different impact. So Sebastian will go over a few of those. Yeah. There are a few points I wanted to bring up. Like, uh, the benefits have been stated over and over. I mean, if you're part of a church, if you read any Christian books at all, you've probably read the benefits of having a personal devotion in the morning. I mean, It cannot be overstated. So I'm just going to name a few points. When you have that personal relationship with God, with that personal connection with God every morning before you start your day, when you offer your day to Him, it's going to give you greater personal conviction. It's going to transform your life from within. It's going to transform your attitudes oftentimes. Um, right. You're going to have a better attitude about how you look at a problem, how you look at a person because it's about relationships as well when you're running a business and if you go prayerfully to god in the morning guess what uh, the people that annoy you a lot they might annoy you a lot less after you <laughs> prayed <laughs> especially if you pray for them and especially if you didn't sleep all night because you know the kids were sick one after the other or yeah. you know you have all these adventures that parents go through This can help to kind of reshape your attitude and start your day in a better mood. Yes, and it's gonna it's gonna light a light on your path. God, when you you're walking with Him, when you connect with Him early on in the day, it kind of lights your path for the rest of the day. So you know better where you're going. You'll be pointed in the right direction. It's also gonna help you in your sanctification process. When you connect with God, guess what the Holy Spirit does. He shows you your faults, your sins, or bad habits, and maybe the way you mistreated a certain employee or a coworker, or uh, an email you sent, and and maybe shows you things you need to correct or address. Uh, that's very important too. It's going to help you to plan better. A good plan is essential to any undertaking, and learning about our Lord and learning to know Him gives you His plan. Okay, it's also going to help you better understand your part in his story because don't kid yourself. You're running a business, but you're running God's business. He entrusted it to you. He gave you the idea. He gave you the vision for it, but it still comes from him. So he appointed you the task to do it, but he's got he's the one who's using you as a pen in his hand to write the story. 
Right. Okay, so you're going to understand better your part in this story if you come to him early in the morning regularly every day. So we could list like a tons more benefits. I mean, this is part of the Christian walk. It's not just part of the entrepreneur walk. Uh, but I think you get the crux of it. Basically, it's super important as a Christian, even more so as a Christian entrepreneur, and even more so as a Christian parent entrepreneur. So it's like the more responsibility God entrusts you with, the more crucial it is that you get that devotional connection with him every morning and ask him where you want him to strengthen your foundation your business where you want him to take your business like all the business questions that you have the problems the problems the you where know, should i go with this lord where what direction? I've, I've been dealing with this for weeks now this 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 thorn in my side this problem in my business how should i deal with this well <laughs> you won't know unless you connect with him if you neglect that and you prefer doing your workout or you prefer not just skipping altogether because you feel you don't have time, well, guess what? The problem will probably be there longer than it should. Right. So that brings us to point number two, which is compartmentalize your life. So for every minute spent organizing, an hour is earned. Well, that's true. And um, I'm really big on routines and I'm big on, um, you know, organizing things so that it's functional for the family. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs have a very hard time with this because uh, a lot of them are, you know, moms that have decided to, you know, uh, start their own business because they want to have extra income for the family and they have all the greatest motives. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of people don't know how, how to organize themselves properly. A lot of them didn't have a routine with their kids younger. And when the business starts, this is where everything kind of you know, trembles and everything is kind of shaky and it's too hard and a lot of people give up because there's nothing into place that they can function with. You know, when you start with in, a, in any business um, that you get hired, they always have a plan. They always take you through steps. They always teach you the system. They always teach you trainings mm. because they know that you need a foundation and they know you need structure so that you know where you're going, so that you know... I, I used to work uh, many years in customer service. I always had to learn everything uh, that had to do with the computer, that had to do with the technology, that software we were going to use. Um, There's a lot that we needed to know before we were even able to answer questions mm. and, and give customer service, right? So there was structure there. So don't think that because you're an entrepreneur at home and you can work in your pajamas and your slippers or whatever um, and be relaxed, which is a, an upside. You don't have to go in traffic and you, you work from home, but you do need structure mm. because if you don't have some kind of a routine that's functional with a family, then everybody else in the family is going to feel it. And actually, if you're running a business from home, that could be your greatest enemy in a way because like Liz said, if, if you are able to work in your pajamas or whatnot, uh, this aspect of running your business can make you lazy. It can make you, not lazy, but it can make you, can you get into that kind trap. of complacent or yeah. like, well, I don't have to do this, do that. So personally, I like to get dressed. First thing when I get up, I like to get dressed right away. I, 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 don't, I don't like doing the pajama thing because for me, it doesn't put me in the right mindset. But that's just a personal thing. And I, I'm just saying it like this, like, so maybe you guys will identify with that. Um, obviously, it's optional, uh, especially when I'm doing my podcast. I could do it in my pajamas, but I prefer being dressed. It just puts me in the right mindset. 
Right. And for women, a lot of women will say, oh, you know, like, I feel like being comfortable, no makeup, um, you know, just as if I just got out of bed or whatever. But it does affect our mindset when we when we aren't when you don't fix yourself up. I'm not saying you have to look like if you're going in an office. I'm just saying that, you know, the, the main essentials to feel good about yourself uh, if it, if you need to wear a little makeup, then wear a little makeup. But you need to feel like, hey, I'm starting my day and, you know, I feel confident and I feel good about myself. I feel clean and uh, I know where I'm going. So to get back to the uh, the points that I wanted to bring, um, you can create routines. If you're the type of person that likes to use paper, I have a daily planner. I have this uh, daily planner that you see the whole month. Uh, in advanced so I can write in the blocks and I can put all the appointments for the kids and everything that we're doing Um, and now we have so many online tools that are really great to get organized Mm -hmm. and one of them is Trello so T-R-E-L-L-O it's a great um, free system you don't need to pay for it and basically you can organize your week you can organize your month in blocks so the trick here is really to organize what's most important. So mm-hmm. the three things that are really crucial. So, um, you know, you put what's mostly important to you, what you really need to get done in your business, uh, the time you need to spend, quality time with God, with your kids. You need to put that in. And I know a lot of people that kind of laughed at me when they heard that I was doing things like that because they're like, oh my gosh, you, you have no freedom. You, you, you can't live in the moment, you know? <laughs> actually, she was actually doing that before she became an entrepreneur. She was all actually yeah. a very organized person. And uh, so obviously before you're an entrepreneur, it's already like, whoa, you kind of stand out when you're doing that. As an entrepreneur, I think it's just normal. I mean, you have if you don't have a, a daily planner or some kind of way to manage your time, you're doomed to fail. I mean, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Simple yeah, as that. Exactly. Right? And also the Bible tells us to redeem the time because the days are evil. We know we live in evil days. I mean, that's, that's no secret. But the redeem the time part, this, this is so important because God gives all of us 24 hours in every day. I mean... We're going to go to seminars on how to manage your money, mm-hmm. okay? Because that's a resource that God gives us. Whole money is the resource that God gives us. And I have to find a way to manage it well and be wise with how I, I use that resource. Yeah, but we don't do it for our time. And it's just as valuable, especially as entrepreneurs. I mean, some days, uh, I, I, I mean, some days, depending on what I have to do, my time is more precious than money. Mm. So your time is a resource that God gives you and don't kid yourself. He will make you just as accountable for how you manage the money he gave you as the time he gave you. And if you make the mistake of thinking you're only accountable for how you manage your money and not your time, you're going to be in for a surprise. Right. That's just a word of warning here. Yeah. Every day he grants every one of us 24 hours. How we make the most of this resource will either be commended or reprimanded. Mm-hmm. So, you know, either you run the day or the day runs you, Jim Rohn once said, and it's very true. Um, And especially when you have kids, you have less time. They have needs. Uh, They will express their needs. (laughs) Don't worry about it. (laughs) They will come to you. You don't have to to go see them and say, what are your needs? Don't worry. (laughs) They'll probably come while you're on the phone with an important client uh, and, and tell you their needs then. 
Yes, exactly. So, (laughs) (laughs) or, you know, trying to do a Facebook live or trying to do a podcast or whatever it is. So you, you really have to have that structure so that even the kids are included in this routine so that they know, okay, today, mommy and daddy are doing this, this day. Uh, If they're at home, you know, summer breaks, they're home and uh, our kids are home with us. So they know in advance, you know, mommy and daddy are doing this today. And so you guys can do this and that. And then we're going to, you know, meet up together. I'm going to do this fun thing together, or we'll let you choose. And we kind of, you know, make it interesting for them because sometimes we do have to work, uh, you know, during the summer we do during the weeks and sometimes on the weekends. So we have to really organize ourselves so that we have that quiet time, alone time with our kids and that it's not all about work, but at the same time there's structure. So the Monday to Friday has to be really well structured for this. Yeah. So number three, the number three thing you need to do is delegate. David Allen said, you can do anything, but not everything. So basically in this quote, he's encouraging you, saying you can do anything. You're, you're, able, you're able, but you can't do everything. And that is a very important distinction. As your business grows, you're going to see that you can't do everything. And eventually, you're going to have to invest money into hiring the right people to do the things that you not only cannot do, but shouldn't do. And that is a very important distinction there. Uh, There are things as an entrepreneur that you are essential for in your business. And you know what those things are, right? The things that, that really align with your strengths and the thing that you, if you don't do it, your business is going in the ground. It's, it's going to be over. But there are other things that are part of that daily routine of running the business that I'm sure you've already thought about it and be like, as soon as I can afford it, I'm going to pay someone to do such and such because it's a pain in the beep. You know what I'm I'm saying? So you probably know about these things. And these are super important. And it's so wonderful today because we can go online. We can go on Fiverr. We can go on all kinds of websites. that uh, There is Upwork where you can hire virtual assistants. Uh, Sometimes it's to run your website. Sometimes it's to run your social media. There's, There's so many million things that a business needs in order to run smoothly that you might be doing in the beginning. But that as you grow and gain more momentum and your income increases, you're going to be like so happy that you can hire someone on one of these websites and say, hey, from now on, you're going to take care of all my social social media needs or whatnot. Absolutely. So as your business grows, the need grows. And then, you know, it becomes kind of overwhelming to be able to, to be doing it all by yourself. So the idea is to start the grinding part doing it by your like on your own obviously because you have to but to get to a point where it grows and it 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 becomes a lot bigger and then you're able to pay exactly somebody to to help you out so then you're actually able to do more because your time is really focused on what your strengths are and what you're good at and that nobody else can do and all the other stuff that could be replaced by somebody else somebody else is doing so you're actually able to focus more and do more of the your strengths and make it grow better. There's also delegating uh, to your family. Yes. So discussing how in your family, when you're starting a business, uh, perhaps you're in network marketing and your husband isn't, and you want to you know start your own business, your home business, whatever it may be, an Etsy shop, whatever. 
um, you need to have that extra help because your hours have to be you, you can't just be a one woman show and do everything right no. and the same thing if you're a man and you're trying to run your business and you need help maybe you were doing certain things and all of a sudden you can't do those things so you really need to discuss it as a, a family together maybe your kids are older and they can participate more in some chores to give you a break to help you out so we found that it was very very important for us to discuss how we were going to you know do our chores and do the essential things for the kids and so my husband you know would do a little more in certain areas i would do a little more in, in certain areas uh depending on our schedules because he had uh, different uh, goals different things that he wanted to do on certain days and i had to um i was focusing on other days where he'd help out more because i was focused on different things in our business so we really uh were able to help each other out because we um, didn't have family close to us. So yeah. some of you may be in the same situation where you know you don't have close relatives that can help you out. You don't have a mom that can come and say, hey, I'm going to, you know, I yeah. don't know, pass a vacuum for you or, or help or you, you need, fold clothes or whatever. You need to work for a couple of days and I'm going to come and take the kids away from you for a couple of days exactly. so you can focus on that so thing we, you're doing for your business. We did not have any of that because we moved to um, an island quite far from our families and um and we have a very very small family so uh you know i lost my mom when i was 16 and i only had uh, my dad and he was working and sebastian had his uh yeah. his mom and she passed away she's very sick so we um we didn't have the big circle of you know help to start with so we kind of used to that but being on the island alone, on Prince Edward Island, it was even more of a, you know, alone, alone. So yeah. some of you know what it's like. You're, you know, you've moved away from your families for your jobs or whatever. So you really need a support system. You really need some something to help you. You know, there's different resources too. Like if you've got kids and you need a break, uh, you know. Daycares. There's, and for some people, that's, that's a way of delegating. It's just... Saying, okay, I'm sending my kids yeah, to daycare. Some pe and some people will work in, in their churches. They'll have friends that will say, okay, let's let's trade nights, you know. Uh, I'd like to have that, you know, time alone with with uh, my husband on a Friday afternoon or something. Can you take the kids and then I'll do the same for you the, yeah. the Friday after. You know, there's different ways to be creative to, to have that extra uh, time, you know. But delegate, definitely talk to your spouse um, about what's important, what needs to be done during the week. Like we did that early on in our marriage. We wrote down basically all the chores that needed to be done. And that was even before having kids. And we'd say, okay, so pick one. <laughs> like we kind of played a game, you know, no, pick one. What do you, what do you not mind doing? It was kind of like, like uh, you know, when you're named captain of teams in gym <laughs> and you have all the players in front of you. Well, it was like I was captain and she was captain. And it was like, okay, uh, I have first pick. I'm taking this. And, <laughs> and at the end, there was that chore that nobody wanted to do, but you're stuck with it because if you if you lost, if it's your turn, you just have no choice to do it. Yeah, and you you adapt, right? These are the kind of games you play when you don't have kids, and then when you when you have kids, you realize it's really important to it's you always know, to do what you're supposed to do. It's and... always open to renegotiation that like those tasks, the, the, those chores and stuff. <laughs> exactly. And the fourth point is ditch perfectionism. 
So this was a big thing for me because uh, as you can see and probably you've kind of noticed, I had routines and stuff even before kids. So <laughs> so I was kind of a bit of a perfectionist and wanted things perfect and wanted and wanted <laughs> and wanted things organized. And you know, part of the reason of, about this is because I saw the the importance, but I also saw the time freedom it gave me. So people that are very organized and get the 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 stuff that they don't really want to do done, then they have more free time to get this, you know, the stuff that they the leisure time mm -hmm. with their husband or with their kids. And so that's why I always saw an importance in that. But at the same time, when you do have kids, you learn to ditch perfectionism pretty fast because Um, Not at the first kid, but at the second one, it really goes out the window. <laughs> yeah, the first one, you're still trying to pull, juggle everything together with, you know, the the messy hair and you're just trying to get it all done and you're, you know, exhausted. But when the second kid comes in, you're like, you know what, I have to ditch stuff. Like there's stuff that, forget it, it's just not important. And then all of a sudden, you start gauging what is important, what is crucial what is super necessary, uh, what, you know, you start ditching all the, the non-necessary stuff, the, the things that you do just because you want it done, but it's not really important. So here's a quote, we can choose to be perfect and admired or to be real and loved. Glennon Doyle Melton. So, you know, your family is going to appreciate the quality time you spend with them, mm -hmm. that things aren't always all perfect, that their needs are met, you know, like... Happy, things... kids, happy kids oftentimes live in a messy house, let's be honest. I mean, I'm not saying to be messy, but uh, at the same time, that's kind of like part of it. As an entrepreneur, you're going to have to accept that your house won't be as clean as you yeah. would want it. Your meals won't be as perfect and organized mm -hmm. as you wanted, although we'll talk about that later. Um, but, you know, it's not going to be perfect. So you have to accept that and, and kind of really forego that, that vision or image of, I don't know, the white, picket, the white picket fence and perfectly coiffed family mm -hmm. with super well-behaved kids uh, around a perfectly set table. I mean, it's, it's just not realistic. That's Hollywood. I mean, it's, it's just, unless you have five servants working for you at home and you're super wealthy that's good for you that that's probably going to happen but if you're just you guys you're just a mommy and daddy and doing the business it's it won't be perfect yeah and you always have to think your end goal you know uh what are you why are you in business why are you doing this what's the bigger picture yeah you know and for us helping others was really really huge and so there's things that there's sacrifices there's things that we've done and that our kids have been part of and that they understand because they understand the bigger picture so that's when you say i'm going to ditch some things that aren't as important because who is the most important my family's the most important yeah and you know what are their their main Uh, you know needs what do they really um, you know if I don't do this or if my business takes over this will it affect them in a very negative way if yes then you have to change things you have to adjust things right exactly, yeah. so I'm not saying that you have to let everything go in the house and like we still do have a routine for certain things in the house to, you know to get everything organized yeah, for and us clean. for us for example Friday usually if time permits and usually it does 
Friday early uh, before noon is cleaning time. Yeah, and we do do stuff like that during the week, you know, here and there also, so that we don't have to take like half the day to clean the whole house. That never ends, right? Because you have to you have to kind of go as go with the flow and kind of clean up as the messes happen and whatnot, right? Mm. So just remember, like you know, the first point we talked about the routine and the blocks. Like, don't be too rigid with that. You will try, like it's just good to have it there visually in your daily planner. You try as best as you can. Life does happen. Kids get sick. All kinds of things happen. So I don't want you to, um, you know, be so perfect with this and thinking, oh, I have to be structured and have a routine and then I'm going to, you know, be amazing in my business. It's going to help you. It's a great guide. So what we use it it has to be a flexible guide. It has to be flexible. And, you know, like sometimes even us, you know. Uh, we'll say, okay, we want to do our podcast this day, and then we do the planning this day and the studying this day. But sometimes life happens, you know, kids' appointments, all kinds of things happen that we have to kind of readjust and say, okay, no, we can't do it then. We'll replace it this, there, and, you know, we adjust the schedule. Yeah. But at the end of the week, it all pretty much gets done. Exactly. Most of it anyway, you yeah, know? Yeah, that's that's good way of looking at it. Like, it basically, you should... You have to do your schedule day by day, but really, Flexible. if you're if you're gonna evaluate it, it's good to evaluate it week to week. Say, okay, did we accomplish? Because, yeah, you can evaluate, like you can try evaluating day by day as a Christian parent who's also an entrepreneur. But it's more disappointing when you do it on a daily basis. I found yeah, it doesn't some days will catch up because the days, days are, there's days are unpredictable and it's really tough. But week by week, usually we get everything done. And even though if it wasn't done in the order, we set it up, Right. Uh, it, it's, it still gets done. And that's something I also had to, to learn because Liz is not the only perfectionist. And uh, um, I learned quite fast as an entrepreneur that things weren't going to be the way that I saw it in my p- perfect little mind with the kids running around, having needs, uh, and, and needing mom and dad. So, for example, like when I wrote my book, uh, I sometimes, I, I, I was very, very strict on when I would write, but sometimes it wouldn't be possible for me to write in certain blocks of time. So I had to adapt. And sometimes I would take weekends to write. Some Other times I would take evenings, I, even though I preferred doing it in the morning. But the point is I got it done. And my coach at the time said, uh, take imperfect action every day. And I think that's one of the best advice I've ever had, mm-hmm. especially with an, as an entrepreneur with kids. That's basically what we do every day is take imperfect action every day. And, and so you kind of ditch perfectionism, but you're all about action. You're getting it done anyway. And um, it's better to, to do something imperfectly than to waste too much time trying to get it perfect and actually not getting Never. it. For, for some people, it paralyzes them. They, they, they yeah. look at the perfect image of what they think it should look like. And because of that, they get discouraged and like, I'll never do that or the kids are too much or this is too much or forget it, I can't do it and they just let it go. And I think that um, perfectionism is your your worst enemy. Uh, there's this quote by Ann Wilson Sheff that says, she said, perfectionism is self-abuse of the highest order. And I think that's so true, uh, especially as an entrepreneur. If you are stuck in the perfectionist mode, 
it's self-abuse and it can lead to other abuse. I mean, Steve Jobs, if anybody's seen documentaries or movies about Steve Jobs, he was a perfectionist. Not only was he self-abusive, but he was abusive of people under him as well. Mm -hmm. uh, he was not the best person to work for. Uh, it was quite nightmarish sometimes to work for him. So perfectionists have a tendency to ask tremendous uh, things from themselves. And as a result, they ask the same thing from others. And it can be a real pain in the beep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And to get back to um, just an example, I, I, a lot of couples, one person is an entrepreneur and the other may not be. And sometimes, you know, they're both entrepreneurs like us. And that's where it gets kind of tricky, you know, because there's different things that we both want to get done. And uh, like when he was writing his book, I know for him, it was it was challenging because he had his 40 hour job that he had to do and uh, that was the evenings he'd get back late and even sometimes he's like oh I had a great idea and then he'd start I'd jump on the computer he'd jump on the late, computer yeah. late at night knowing that he had to get up at 6 30 because the kids are all up and school and everything so you know there's sacrifices to be made um, as an entrepreneurial family especially if you want to get certain goals done but he achieved that and we worked together there's a lot of times that I took out the kids and got she, them busy yeah. while he decided to stay home on a nice sunny day and write and you and know she would just, sacrifice her business her side of the business and uh, it was kind of hard I mean uh, we had some tension moments yeah. where we got real tense and it was hard on our couple and of course if it was if we had to do it over again I think we've learned from that and we would probably adapt differently but we did learn these valuable lessons as we did, uh, as we stretched ourselves so much, I guess you could say. And um, we learned some great lessons and we're happy to share them with you today. Yeah, so for that point, just remember, take imperfect action. It's better than not doing anything. Uh, at the end of the week, at the end of the month, at the end of the year, you'll look at everything you've accomplished you'll and be amazed, be amazed yeah. that you did this and pulling it all off with kids because you took imperfect action and you get better as you do it. That's the secret, really. So everything that you're mounting in your head that you're you know, trying to make everything perfect, you can't because a lot of the stuff that you're gonna learn is as you go. You learn by experience. So it's actually a beautiful thing because the more you do it imperfectly, the more you get better at it and then it ends up being pretty good. You know? Yeah, pretty close to perfect actually after a while. So number five is meal prep. So the meals you plan compensate for what is unplanned. So that means if, you know, those are essentials, right? Everybody needs to eat. Yeah. Your family needs to eat. Your kids are the first ones that are going to let you know that they're hungry. Oh, right? they'll remind you every half hour. <laughs> <laughs> that they want a snack, that they, the supper's not done. They get back home from school, they're starving, whatever, you know. So if you have a, a good meal prep plan, um, now I know a lot of you women are listening to all this and thinking oh my gosh i'm gonna like end up being superwoman i can't pull all this off i'm not wonder woman there's different ways to do it so i know a lot of super organized people that take all their sunday and do a whole meal prep for the whole week and they're able to pull that off kudos if you can do that for me personally it's just too hectic with the kids all over the place and there's just too much going on um, that I'd rather just make a really big meal on Sunday nights 
And sometimes I get the crock pot going, so I've got two meals and I'll freeze some of that. Yeah. And, you know, we'll eat some leftovers on, on the Monday and that's fine for us. That starts our week better because Mondays usually are a little crazy, you know, with kids going off to school and everything. So I like to have the leftovers on the Monday of whatever we had on Sunday. That yeah. I found really kick-started our week better. Um, I love the crock pot. That's a slow cooker. Um, I think that's absolutely the best invention for any mom on the planet. Um, I used it many years before I was an entrepreneur. Um, I think it's really great because you can just dump everything in the <laughs> in the pot and it cooks all day. And then when you have homework and the kids, you know, come home and everything's like I have two that are young doing homework. And the, the third one that's all over the place because she's three and a half years old. So when we get into the crux of doing that, mm. then, uh, you know, we're really glad that ding, 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 supper's ready at 5, 5.30, whatever mm. time we eat, because we didn't have to slave over and prep and then, you know, you just end up making just anything. We ha actually have a good, healthy meal. So that's really important to either do meal, meal prep or a slow cooker, something like that to, you know, really have a nice supper together. And on the, on the note of meal prepping, obviously there there's... It's a great way to save money and right. to be ready, basically, to have those meals ready. But um, some people see like, oh, eating out or ordering out, that, that's a waste of money. But that's not true. For example, uh, Domino's Pizza, where, where we live, Domino's Pizza has a 50% off on Mondays. I'm not saying order pizza every Monday, but sometimes it, save, it can actually save you money to order pizza uh, when it's 50% off. And you have some left for the next day too. So that's also that can also be part of meal planning. I mean, it's not always perfect. You don't always have ready meals all the time. But when you know which days these places offer some rebates, you can think ahead and say, you know what? I didn't prep enough or I didn't have, I don't have enough this week. I know that Wednesday they're going to be 50% off or Monday's 50% off. I'm going to plan that ahead and that's what we're going to get for that day. And that's fine too. I mean, I'm not saying, like I said, I'm not saying feed your kids pizza all, uh, every Monday, but it's it's nice to have uh, these specials going on sometimes. Exactly. And it saves you money. I mean, it really does when it's 50% off. Yeah. So a lot of people, just to finish with this point, a lot of people think that, you know, go with the flow and just kind of, you know, wing it every night. It actually takes more time and it's actually more stressful to be prepping while you're like trusting your kids to do their homework and everything's chaotic. No one's doing their homework. And, you know, you're just like too stressed out, just trying to yeah. wing something up together and end up making something that's really unhealthy anyway. So this is why it's important to take that stress off, off of you. It's good to have a weekly budget where you've planned your meals in advance and you say, okay, this is what I'm making. This is where I'm going to prep for that. This is where I'm going to put whatever in the crock pot. I'm going to do it early morning or whatever and, you know, put it in the crock pot so it's ready at a certain time. And it just removes that stress and it gets everything going better. Um, and the evenings will be smoother with your kids yeah. and, you know. And the great quote here that we have about uh, meal planning says, if you don't have a plan and you leave your food choices to chance, uh, and chances are good that these choices will stink. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have a plan and leave your food choices to chance 
chances are that those choices will stink. So remember that if you don't want to plan your meals. Yeah, a lot of people do that when they're dieting. Well, it's a bit the same thing when you have a family, right? You know, if you're dieting, you're, you're going to end up just eating anything that's unhealthy. If you're not planned, well, same thing with your kids. All right, so now on to number six, power naps. With great power comes the great need to take a nap. <laughs> I found that quote on the internet. I thought it's so true. I mean, as an entrepreneur, if you're going to demonstrate great power in your business, if you're going to demonstrate great power as a parent, as a power dad, power mom, guess what? You're going to need those naps, those power naps. And here's some scientific insights that I found that are really going to help you understand the importance of a nap, okay? So the, the scientists broke down different lengths of naps and their different benefits. So number one is the nano nap. That's a 10 to 20 second nap. You know, when you doze off, like you're in school and the teacher's boring and he's like, oh, what, what? You get these five, 10 second naps. Or if you're on a train and it's like, just like on the rails, then you fall asleep on the shoulder of the guy or the girl next to you. The benefits of these very short sleeps, very short, short naps, have yet to be proven. So we have no clue if these help. Number two is the micro nap. Now we're getting somewhere. Two to five minute naps, okay? They are shown to be surprisingly effective at shaking off sleepiness. So two to five minute naps, they're called micro naps. Third, there's the mini nap. The mini nap is a five to 20 minute nap. And those five to 20 minute naps, my grandmother used to advise me always when I would, take a break from school at my schooling was done not too far from her place and I would go to her place to eat there and keep her company and I would after her big meal she would have these huge meals waiting for me I would get like really sleepy in the afternoon and she always told me why don't you just doze off 15 minutes but man she put the heating like it was winter time in Canada <laughs> and she put the heating so hot in that apartment and she fed me I was like full of hot food and it was so hot in the apartment, I just wanted to sleep for five hours. She said, why don't you just take five, five to ten minutes? It always helps me. She used to tell me that. Well, here's what these five to twenty minute naps do. They increase alertness, stamina, motor learning, and motor performance. Who knew, right? Number four is the super important power nap. Now, that's the entrepreneurial nap that you need to get if you're both an entrepreneur and a parent. Trust me, if you're just an entrepreneur, you might want to skip that nap. You might want to get it more accomplished. That's fine. But if you're a parent and entrepreneur and you have your kids around you, trust me, that power nap is super important. So a power nap is 20 minutes, okay? It includes the benefits of the micro and the mini nap, but additionally, it improves muscle memory. It clears the brain uh, that built up full of useless information. So it clears all that out. And that helps with your long-term memory, which is remembering facts, events, or names. It also, get this, it also decreases stress and increases creativity. Wow. So that's what you need, right? As an entrepreneur with kids, you want that. You want that on your side. So if you want to get that power nap, it's really going to help you. If you can get it every day, all the better. Of course, it's, you have to make time for it. It's not long. It's just 20 minutes. It's like a coffee break, basically. But if you do make time for it, you're going to see a great difference in how you deal with basically everything afterwards. Now, number five is the lazy man's nap. The lazy man's nap. It's also known as the Sunday afternoon nap. 
I mean, we're all Christians here, we can be honest. What better nap than on a Sunday afternoon, after a big meal after church, when it's pouring outside? Huh? Is that the mm -hmm. best nap? That's the 50 to 90 minute nap, the lazy man's nap. So it includes slow wave plus rapid eye movement sleep, and it's good for improving perceptual processing. Also, when the system is flooded with human growth hormones, it's great for repairing bones and muscles. So this is like the nap that Liz referred to as... It's the old man's nap. Yeah. And, <laughs> the elderly and the, nap. The elderly nap. And she said her grandmother used to take these long naps. And she said, no wonder she lived to be 93. <laughs> yeah, right? she lived a very long time. But as we know, as entrepreneurs, it's not always possible. So Sebastian was talking about Sunday afternoon. So sometimes what we do is we sleep a short nap on Sunday afternoon. Um, like we f try to follow Katie's schedule just for that time. It's about an hour but, and a half. Yeah. yeah, but you know, when we're talking about naps during the week, uh, it could be more of a 20 minute nap that's more realistic. Yeah, but that and, really, really kicks you up a notch. Yeah, and sometimes I, you know, I'll be honest, some days I, I'm not, I just have too much work, so I don't do it. I'll skip a day, so I'll do it every two days kind of thing. But I did, I did notice that when I do do it, it is true. It really does give you mental clarity. Yeah. Um, and for those of you that are in network, network marketing or some online business, and maybe you're working your business in the evening, maybe you have studies to do, um, you want to study whatever it is you know, concerning your business, and the best time you'll do it is in the evenings most yeah. of the time because your kids are asleep you actually have a lot more mental clarity. So I've learned a lot in the evenings because of that. Yeah, actually, it's uh, getting the habit of, for me, getting a power nap actually helped me to quit to the, the afternoon coffee. So instead of going on a coffee break in the afternoon, taking that coffee to get the more of that kick, a 20-minute nap did it for me. Right. Yeah, so that's uh, to be considered. So the seventh point is exercise. Mornings are best because it gets the blood flowing to your brain and sets your body on an active rhythm, which propels you for greater momentum during your day. So a lot of people think that exercising, you know, is, is mostly just to lose weight and all that mm. um, and to look good and to be fit and whatnot. We know that we live in a very, you know, superficial world and whatnot. But I really want you to think of it from a healthy uh, standpoint it really does give you mental clarity alertness yeah yeah so you can you know squeeze that in after your day your daily devotional with God uh, you can get a little exercise now even here we know you know you've got kids we don't want you getting up at four o'clock in the morning oh, you have to be realistic so maybe you know a short period of exercise is best for you while your kids are young uh, or just picking certain days, maybe your husband can get them off to school while you do a little more exercise. And, you know? and not everybody has the same biorhythm. I mean, some people like doing exercise at, in the evening. They're more like night birds, and they'll be able to work till midnight after that. You know, they, they'll do it maybe depends at on your life, eight o'clock yeah. or whatnot. Everybody's different, but I think there's like a recipe to bring in bring that in your uh, schedule. It doesn't have to be a long workout. Obviously, if, you, if you're used to working out, you might want to do an hour workout. That's fine. If you've never worked out before, maybe you want to start with 10 minutes. Uh, it doesn't have to be much. It can be just uh, taking a fast-paced walk. 
for yeah. some people. That really gets the blood uh, uh, flowing when you take a fast-paced walk and uh, increases your heart rate. And it gets uh, that clarity of thought. I, I found that when I went out for a walk, it gives me all these ideas because I'm meditating and thinking about my business, thinking about things yeah. I should implement or do or what I'm going to write. Or, and it really brings out that, the, that creative juice when I'm moving. Yeah, so S Sebastian really enjoyed the morning walks. Um, sometimes it's possible, other times it's not. Sometimes you'll prefer getting up a lot earlier before your kids. Uh, other times, you know, I've squeezed in some workouts in the afternoon after homework time while we were waiting for supper. I tell the kids, come on, let's cool. Let's go do some workout, put some music and move around. And I do the workout. They jump around. They yeah. have fun. And, you know, I ended up getting it done. And it was just like, you know, 25 minutes of aerobics. Exactly. But for me, that I felt like super energized and pumped. And since I had a lot of work to do. Um, in the evening, then that got me, that gave me more energy for the evening. So it really depends on your schedule, when you need that energy, when you can fit that in. Yeah, and your parents, right? You have kids. Kids always have energy, and they're always willing to move with you. So you, it can be, you can vary. I mean, if you're used to a certain way of doing your workout, that's fine. But sometimes you can vary and say, hey, kids, let's go play badminton outside. It's hot today. I'm going to get a good sweat or going. play soccer with your son. Play yeah. soccer with your son. Like, whatever. I mean, just just move. Get that body moving. Yeah, and I know some young, some uh, Christian entrepreneurs that are that have very, very young children. Some of them will, you know, bring their kids off to school and then with the younger children will do a workout on YouTube and, you know, the kids are a part of it, but they're still getting it done early morning so you just have to fit it into your routine but just remember it's not just essential to lose weight and stay fit and feel good it's really great for mental clarity and uh, you know to stay sharp mm. so point number eight avoid parental guilt now this one is crucial parental guilt for those of you who don't know it's the, it's the plague of the entrepreneur with children we feel as if we never give enough quality time to our kids just to put things in perspective, let's think about our ancestors. They often worked from sunup to sundown on the farm. So the father would get up and be gone like 12 hours. And don't kid yourself. The moms back then, we think, oh, she was a stay-at-home mom. She must have spent her whole day with the kids. No, no. She was also busy. She was busy. Oftentimes, they had like six, seven, eight, ten kids. So she was busy working for their needs. And uh, she oftentimes did other work that was related to the farm, like uh, going to pick some eggs, the, the chickens, or whatever. I mean, she was working. She was not uh, doing the stay-at-home mom thing and being a good mother by spending so many hours as a quality. And, and I, I, I know I might sound like I'm dissing that. I'm not. I mean, that's fine. If you're not a Christian entrepreneur... Uh, but if you are a Christian entrepreneur, you're basically working kind of like back in the day in a way. Uh, if you're a lady Christian entrepreneur, I mean, you're you're busy doing that that work, that Proverbs 31, that woman who goes out and buys a field. I mean, she's busy. She gets up early in the morning to tend to the needs of her family. That's being busy. So I'm talking about the busy woman entrepreneur here. And I know the dads don't deal as much um, with parental guilt. Okay, it's more a plague for women, unfortunately. The moms have a harder time with this. So I think Liz wants to talk about that. Yeah, so you know, you'll see a lot of moms posting stuff on Pinterest of how to make your little marshmallow men, 
out of, uh, you know, little snowmen, out of marshmallows and slime and whatever your kids are into and, you know. And that's um, all cute and there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. There's nothing wrong with that. But as an entrepreneur, you have to, again, you know, go back to the basics. You cannot do it all. And I do, you know, these fun things with my kids, but I don't do it every day and I don't do it every week. Um, you know, my kids know, like, when I do have this, you know, special quality time, I'll ask them, what do you want to make? What do you want to do? And then we'll plan it and we'll we'll add it in there, you know. It's I do, scheduled, huh? Yeah, and every day, you know, I have this really good time with them, especially in the summer and on weekends that I'll add this stuff. But I won't spend all day you know, saying, oh, well, I worked my business four hours, so now I have to spend another two hours, you know, making slime and making Rice Krispies with my kids because I feel guilty because yeah. I was working four hours or whatever, you know? And society also works at making us guilty. I mean, they, they, they portray these ideal parents as those who spend, uh, I don't know, 10 hours with their kids uh, playing with them or, or being so involved in their life. But there's an expression in French that, that's called un enfant roi which basically means making the child the center of the home. And that, believe it or not, is counter-biblical. Our children, we know as Christians, as believers, the, when you read your scriptures, when you read the scriptures, you understand that the children are an addition to your already existing uh, core, which mm -hmm. is the, the, the marriage, the, the, the father and mother. So the children are an addition to that. They're not the center of it. They're not the, the center of, of the Everything family. Everything does not work. Yeah, exactly. Everything does not revolve around them. They But have to mold into yeah, their lifestyle. Yeah, you know? they're additions. They're, they're like branches of a tree, right? Yeah, and you have to, you know, go back to uh, what's absol absolutely essential, you know. Uh, your child, is he properly fed, cleaned, mm -hmm. cared for, listened to, uh, taught and disciplined, loved, uh, you know, You have to really look at these things because I've known families, I've known women that have spent a lot of time on crafts with their kids and, you know, making jam and doing all kinds of stuff. And I'm not saying any of the, that is bad. I do do some of that too. Yeah. But I'm just saying that it shouldn't be, you shouldn't make it such a big focus as thinking I'm the greatest parent because I'm doing this. Because what's mostly important are the points that I just mentioned and a lot of these women their houses are complete dumps and messes and no one knows you know what they're gonna wear everybody has dirty clothes but they you know spend all day doing whatever craft and I've that's a bit dysfunctional in my opinion you know uh, your job is to teach your kids how to function how to be functional little beings so uh, you know and if you look at families where they have more than four children more than three children even There's a lot of structure there, and it, the mom does do these things with their kids, but these kids know also how to do some of their laundry. They know mm -hmm. how to fold their clothes. Yeah. They know how to help out and do things uh, with their, you know, for meal time. They know how to do meal prepping. Like, this is what you're supposed to teach your kids, you know, and it might sound boring, but this is what's going to help them out later on in life, too. Yeah, that, well, the Bible says parents teach your children. They don't, the Bible doesn't say parents play with your children. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a very important to, to apply as Christians, as believers, as entrepreneurs. And uh, I've seen couples that actually ended up in divorce because 
the mom was so kid-centric mm-hmm. that the man just got discouraged because the house was a dump. Everything else was falling apart. The man felt like this is completely out of whack and th- th- it ended up in a divorce. Now, I'm not advocating divorce. I'm just mentioning a fact that sometimes uh, this need to, I guess, feel validated as a parent or this excessive parental guilt can lead to very bad family situations if you're not careful careful to keep it in check. Mm-hmm. So a great way to avoid parental guilt during a work day is to take uh, a few minutes. You know, when your child comes over to you and says, hey, mom, look at this. I made this or I did that. You know, especially when they're young, they want to show you everything. Yeah. It's really important to take that time and to look at them in the eyes and say, acknowledge and you know, say, yeah, that's really awesome what you just made. And, you know, you'll notice that your kid oftentimes will just run off after that and yeah, just go fine. do whatever. Yeah, they won't want to stick around. They just want you to see that certain thing. And they, they, they're fine once you give them the approval of, of hey, yeah, that's great. Uh, I yeah. love what you did there. So kids really thrive on quality time. So that's where, I, that's where we say the importance of these these times where they come to you to take that time to stop what you're doing and to... You know, and I'm not like I I realize that that could be unrealistic depending on what kind of job you do, what kind of entrepreneur you are. Some of you may, you know, coach clients and you can't be disturbed. So you'll have to block off times where it's, you know, mommy, daddy is working and you're closed off and someone else is watching your kids and that's fine. You know, sometimes I've seen that I've told my husband, I think it's best if I go in my office and I concentrate on what I'm doing because my daughter just keeps on bothering me and it just gets frustrating. But there's other times when there's tasks that you're doing for your business that aren't super, like you don't need to be that focused yeah. where you can do it near them and you know spend a little time with them. So just make sure that you try to have some good quality time with your kids blocked off during your day, um, whether it's during your day or if it's evening time that you spend together as a family Um, It's really crucial that you do give them this time because you don't want them to feel like your business is taking the whole center of everything either. And you you don't want to miss times too where you have that connection. You learn to get to know your kids and see them grow and stuff. That's the whole point, right, of being an entrepreneurial parent is that you get to be in on some of that and not being working on a a slaving on a 10-hour job. Exactly. You want to create more time and not lose yeah Yeah, basically and uh, also it's always good to keep your priorities in order god family and then the business business. yeah Yeah, right so also i want to make a point here of the most important time for the adult and child connection is not what you may think it's actually at bedtime so make it a priority at bedtime to I'll, i'll give you a list here to pray with and for your child to remind your child that he or she is loved. To remind your child that you are proud of him. To ask your child if there's anything that he needs to talk about. Anything that bothers him. Anything that's on his mind. Also to remind your child of God's protection and love. Uh, I think it was Charles Stanley once who mentioned how much time his mother used to take with him at bedtime. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned the statistics, it's actually scientific, that he said that the things we hear before we go to bed are the things that have the greatest impression on our psyche and that we will remember the most vividly, that are recorded in the brain 
best. So if that parent-child connection is strong at bedtime, guess what? You're actually strengthening something vital within your child. Okay, so if the last words your child hears is, I love you, I'm proud of you, every night, well, you're going to build or the, the character, I guess, of a very confident and happy child and adult later on in life. And also remember to pray with your, your, your child. I mean, pray with them and for them. Uh, a prayer that I like to pray, and uh, I, I've been doing it with my three kids, is, Dear Father in Heaven, Thank you for this day. We pray that you would protect, and then you name the child. For example, my son's called Jason. I would say, Jason, from all evil and all harm tonight. We also ask that you would bless Jason's physical, spiritual, intellectual, and emotional growth. In Jesus' name, amen. And they actually know it by heart, this uh, four things, the physical, the spiritual, intellectual, and emotional growth because they're developing and they're developing these four aspects of their little personalities so it's always good to ask God to intervene and to bless that growth because it's what creates balance in a human being and I think it's so important to bring your child before God and to ask God to bless those components of your child absolutely and another thing that we've noticed is that our children um, even if we do spend some time you know during our day and you know connecting with them in the afternoon or at supper time, we've noticed that in the evening when they're, you know, gonna go to bed, they're in their beds and we're tucking them in, we've noticed that's when they actually like to talk to us one-on-one -on -one about oh, yeah. something that happened at school or something that they're feeling or maybe we'll ask them, you know, you seem kind of sad or what happened today or whatever and that's when they seem to want to open up and yeah. discuss things with us. And that's when they actually ask us even more questions uh, about God and about different things uh, that they question about spirituality, about God, because we're praying. You know, they, they bring up these questions. Um, oftentimes, we'll read a Bible verse. They'll ask questions about that. So all that time is really, really cu crucial for that spiritual connection and emotional con connection because a lot of kids will really open up more. So take that time. Um, you know, to, to really connect with them and ask them questions. And, and you'll see that they're a lot more open. And yeah. sometimes, you know, a lot of parents will say, oh, they're just like procrastinating. They just don't want to go to bed. But we actually notice that, no, it's more to it. It's really like a time where their bodies are unwinding and they're, you know, really, their mind is working differently yeah, at that moment. It's like they, they really are, I don't know, just intellectually, uh, unwinding and it's just that time where they like to connect with us so we really take time with each and every one of them to really discuss um, and really get to the bottom of whatever it is that's bothering them or whatever they want to know we take that time even if it's gonna you know make them go to bed a little later or if it's you know we have something else to do we still take that time because we saw that it was very fruitful for our connection with our kids yeah and it's actually a good time that oftentimes can lead to your child accepting christ yeah. uh, all these questions and this pondering and this connection yeah. they feel with you and with, with god uh, which brings us to number nine as a christian entrepreneur with children it is so important and vital that you honor the Sabbath. I know it sounds kind of weird, like, but it is a commandment. 
See, and, and God, they're not 10 suggestions, uh, folks. They're 10 commandments. And one of them says this in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 to 11, says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, Neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So it doesn't matter to me if you prefer Saturday over Sunday for the Sabbath day, but I do believe that you need to set one day apart, that you will honor God and rest yourself and your family to get that much-needed recharge. Because it's fine to work, but don't make work your God. And you have seven days in a week, and God says set one day apart to rest. Actually, Sabbath means to cease. So it, it's a, it's a, it means rest. It means to cease activity that you've been doing the previous six days. So it's a cessation of whatever your work is. Yeah, so your body, your mental clarity needs it, your mental uh, intellectual side needs to unwind, to stop learning, to yeah. just unwind. And your kids need it. Your kids need it. Kids you need, need it. Do fun stuff and to think of something else. And you know, you need that. You need that connection with your kids to just go play and go have fun, go shopping, go do whatever with your kids, so that you're completely disconnected from everything else. Because that's a rest for you. Yeah, and remember to teach your kid why you're doing that. You say, first of all, kids, God commanded it. But why did He command it? Is it an arbitrary commandment? Just because He's difficult and he wants us to stop no jesus said that god made the sabbath for man not man for the sabbath what, what does that mean it means it's necessary it's important if you don't do it guess what you're going to pay a price physically even you could even become sick if you work seven days a week yeah and i've seen a lot of people do that in uh, the online business world uh, people tend to uh, you know, want to get work done seven days a week and work your business and do this and do that. But, you know, you're actually slowing down your process because when you get to Monday, you're not charged. You're like, I have to start my Monday. And yeah. you're like, you've got no pep, you've got no energy, you've got no fuel because you didn't rest. So you really have to see that your Monday to Friday will actually be more productive if you really get that downtime uh, whatever day you decide on the weekend, maybe you prefer doing Saturday and Sunday to rest, whatever it may be, or, you know, all day Saturday or all day Sunday. But you really need that time with God and you really need that time to be with your family, disconnect completely so Amen. that you're fully charged on Monday. Yeah. And if you apply these nine points we gave you today, and we think we gave you some pretty good stuff here. I mean, this has blessed us in our life when learning about it and applying it to our lives. It's really blessed us and our business. And we pray and hope that it will do the same for you. And don't hesitate. If this podcast 
has been a blessing to you, if you've learned something, if you were encouraged, don't hesitate to share it. Share it with your friends, share it with your family. Whoever it can help will be happy about it because that's what we want to do. We want to help people. Exactly. So this concludes this episode. Have an awesome week. You can subscribe to our podcast on our website on the front page at thrivingonpurpose.com so you'll get the latest episodes straight to your inbox. Um, you can also check out our website because we have a lot of free resources, uh, free ebooks, all kinds of great stuff for you guys to download. And um, that's it. So have a great week. Be blessed. And thrive on. Thanks for listening to the Thriving on Purpose podcast. Be sure to visit thrivingonpurpose.com to access the show notes and to discover more fantastic content. Until next time, be blessed and may you thrive on purpose.